Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. We have an action-packed show for you today. Joining us on the show, he is DAZN's Chris Mannix. You can also uh, see his work over on yahoosports.com. You can also see his work uh, with the Celtics, and uh, he covers a lot of NBA, too. Had a a really cool conversation with him over at that HBO card over this weekend, the Danny Jacobs card. Uh, Talked to Chris Mannix about the state of the game. Uh, HBO getting out of uh, boxing and where he sees Canelo uh, fighting in the next uh, five years uh, opponent-wise. So that was a really good uh, conversation there uh, with Chris Maddox. As you can see, we're back in the studio. Feels good to be back here uh, coming to you here on Inside Boxing Live. Our last show, of course, was uh, from the Canelo press conference. That was a good time, and I feel like uh, you know that kind of sent a lot of uh, reverberations uh, through the boxing world. Canelo signing that massive deal has some crossover appeal to that. That's something to keep uh, your eye on, and especially this past weekend over on HBO at Madison Square Garden. I was there ringside for my uh, CompuBox duties, uh, counting the punches, and it was interesting to talk to a lot of people ringside and get their thoughts on uh, Danny Jacobs, get their thoughts on the 160-pound division right now that is currently owned by uh, DAZN. They have all the champions. I think that was done on purpose. If you caught my interview with Eddie Hearn, you can still catch it on on YouTube right now or on the last podcast we did here on Inside Boxing Live. They know what they're doing here. They're setting up all their ducks in a row in the 160-pound division so that all the major fights have to happen on DAZN. What does that mean for Jamal Charlo? Uh, Remains to be seen as he'll, he'll be fighting December 22nd at uh, Barclays Center as that new Fox deal uh, kicks off. But uh, but going back to our weekend winners, uh, this past weekend, obviously Danny Jacobs, big winner. He picks up the uh, a middleweight title, IBF middleweight title, with his win over Devrichenko. Good performance by Danny Jacobs. There were some people ringside who had uh, Devrichenko winning. I didn't quite see that. I thought Jacobs won a very, very close decision. The knockdown played a key role in it. I think it was a first-round knockdown or a second-round knockdown for, for, for Jacobs that played a key role uh, in him winning. As for Jacobs, I mean, another performance where he did a lot of things good but nothing great. I feel like that is the how you would sum up Danny Jacobs, the fighter. Very athletic. He can move around the ring. He can, he can punch. Uh, he can take a punch. I mean, but his defense isn't the best. I mean, he can be hit in there. And obviously, this bangs the drum. He called out Canelo afterwards. And that's the the easy fight to make for Canelo. Canelo has to make big fights. He has to get that subscriber base up. It's no longer about getting the pay-per-view buys up. Now it's adding eyeballs to the zone. It's getting those people to plunk down $10 a month with their credit cards to tune in to uh, to watch Canelo fight. I think Danny Jacobs versus Canelo, style-wise, is not the most exciting fight. It's two counterpunchers. Both guys throw no more than 50 punches around. But who hits harder? That's obviously gives the edge to Canelo. From a market markability-wise, I think they, a lot of people know Danny Jacobs. He's fought now on HBO a bunch of times. He has that great story of, of beating cancer. So I think a Canelo-Danny Jacobs fight makes the most sense uh, for Canelo to start off uh, 2019. 
But we also have another small soul winners too. Uh, Regis Progray. He won over the weekend over in New Orleans. There were a lot of talk about how that wasn't promoted properly and uh, wasn't a lot of people in his hometown, but he won. The fight is all that matters. He moves forward in the World Boxing Super Series uh, towards the semifinals. Alberto Machado, he won on HBO, 130-pound menace. I mean, uh, the dude is about seven foot tall. He weighs 130 pounds, and he's got heavy, heavy hands. He is promoted by uh, Miguel Cotto, who was in attendance on Saturday night. It was great to see Miguel back in the garden where he belongs in New York City. Uh, but moving forward, busy, busy time in boxing. It's no longer the case where you have a few weekends off of no boxing. There's going to be boxing on your on your schedule every weekend, I would say, for the next two to three years now. With uh, the streaming services, with ESPN+, Plus, with ESPN, with Fox, with Showtime. Boxing nirvana now for boxing fans. I said this in the last show. Will we be seeing the best versus the best? Remains to be seen. But you're going to be getting content, content, content when it comes to... Uh, all these broadcasters now. But coming up, looking forward, we still have Burchelt versus Roman. That's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. That is going to be a bloodbath. That's going to be a great fight. Over on DAZN, you have Alexander Usyk versus Tony Ballou. A very intriguing fight uh, for a number of reasons. I think if Usyk wins, he is your 2018 Fighter of the Year. Ballou, he says that this, this is going to be the final fight of his career. Will he put a, uh, a cherry on top of his uh, very good career by beating... Uh, Usyk. Now, no easy task for Tony Ballou. That's November 10th, going to be on DAZN. We still have uh, Hooker versus Saucedo. That's going to be a war. We know that. That's going to be on ESPN. And then DAZN has a card slated for November 17th, head- headlined by Jarrell Miller. That fight is going to be uh, in Kansas. Intriguing card for a number of reasons because uh, there's some good fights on there. Not the biggest names. Uh, Gabe Rosado will be fighting on it. Uh, but I think you're gonna, what you're going to take from this card over on DAZN November 17th is Jarrell Miller wins this fight. It uh, puts him in a very good spot. He's in a good spot regardless because there is a uh, chance that he will be fighting um, a chance that he'll be fighting Anthony Joshua come April. Anthony Joshua needs a dance partner. If it's not Deontay Wilder, I think that uh, that the big baby Jarrell Miller could slide into that that spot. Of course, uh, HBO they have a fight uh, a fight card Thanksgiving weekend. Dimitri Bival will be fighting uh, uh, Jean Pascal. So there's that going on. And then all things, of course, culminating towards Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. A big-time matchup. That's December 1st. So, you know, exciting times here in November. We haven't even gotten into December yet in that Charlo card, December 22nd. Before we get into our interview with uh, Chris Mannix, I don't know if you saw this over on um, in the MMA world. There was a trade that went down. Unprecedented, historic trade between uh, Demetrius Johnson and Ben Askren. They were uh, one championship took on the contract of Demetrius Johnson, and Ben Askren goes to the UFC. Really unprecedented. Uh, our boy Ariel Hawani's been all over it. He he's saying that this is an historic thing, and of course, it made me think about boxing. How can boxing do this? Because there is no sport right now that would benefit more from some trading partners and some, uh, some high-stakes trades between fighters and promoters than boxing. It would solve so many of the problems that boxing currently has with the best fighting the best. And it got me thinking about what trades can be made here in boxing. Uh, you know, obviously, we all want to see Spence Crawford, right? We all want to see Mikey Garcia versus Lomachenko. We all want to see Javante Davis versus Tevin Farmer. We all want to see Charlo mix it up with the best uh, middleweights in the world, whether that's Canelo, Jacobs, Andrade, whoever you, you rate them. That won't happen, though, in the current how boxing is set up with all the politics. 
So here are three trades that I am putting out there that I would certainly help the world of boxing and would make boxing fans very happy. That's what we want to do is make boxing fans happy. PBC trades Jamal Charlo to Matchroom Boxing for Arthur Betterbiev and Tevin Farmer. Stick with me here. This sets up a Charlo versus Canelo fight. It sets up a Charlo versus Jacobs fight. It sets up Charlo versus Andrade. And, of course, it also sets up Javante Davis to take on Tevin Farmer. They both have belts. They have a lot of beef. They can take it from Twitter into the ring, finally. They don't have to hide behind the fact that they have different promoters. That's a trade that really intrigues me. Another trade. PBC trades Errol Spence to top rank for Oscar Valdez. On paper, this doesn't seem like an even trade. So maybe they throw him in some money. Maybe they throw him in some extra dates. You see this all the time in boxing. You saw it with the Canelo deal. They, the zone signed Canelo, but they also had to take on 10 or 11 dates of, of Golden Boy fighters. So it won't just be for fighters. You know, that's up to them to figure out. I, that's well above my pay grade here. But PBC trades Errol Spence to top rank for Oscar Valdez. This sets up Spence Crawford, which will be the biggest fight in boxing. It also sets up Oscar Valdez versus Leo Santa Cruz, an all-Mexican brawl between two belt holders that I think would be electric fight. Uh, and then finally, I think uh, would be a good one is top rank trades Gilberto Ramirez to Matchroom. Uh, this sets up a uh, Gilberto Ramirez versus Callum Smith unification fight. Uh, you know, when I was putting these trades together, I had to go through each roster. And you had to think of top rank has 160-pound fighter Gilberto Ramirez. But, you know, there is, he's running out of opponents. And you look over at, at Matchroom. Matchroom has Callum Smith, but they don't really have anyone at 168. You know, Canelo is at 168, but we don't expect him to stay there. So it's fun to throw these trades around. I put it out on Twitter, and some people have some good feedback. You know, it's it's a fun thing. I don't think it's really going to happen. I mean, uh, it's easier said than done. But, you know, the, now the groundwork is laid, is, is laid down by this MMA trade. The parameters are there. It can be done. So we also see these, these two entities, they copy each other. So interesting to see. But that's it. A lot of things moving, shaking, and boxing. Uh, we got In Case You Missed It coming up. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix. Uh, we did that interview live from uh, Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a good show, so stick with us here. Hey, sports fans. Not only is football season here in full swing, now they've got the NBA starting, boxing season never sleeps. Now it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, boxing, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take the A side, the total. You can even bet on the over-under or how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code INSIDEBOXING when you register for your account to get that 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to mybookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code INSIDEBOXING when you register uh, for your account to get that 100% sign-up bonus. A lot of big fights on the horizon, so get in on the action. It's visit mybookie.net website today. Use that promo code INSIDEBOXING. Get that sign-up bonus. Start winning today. Once again, INSIDEBOXING is the promo code to use. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void where prohibited. We are at the Hulu Theater here in Madison Square Garden. Danny Jacobs will be fighting in the main event tonight. Uh, one of HBO's final remaining three shows. 
it's a weird feeling here ringside talking to the, the likes of Lampley and Max and everyone. But uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. This is going to be uh, fun. We're going to talk about some great things going on with the zone. It's really hard to keep track of your career and what you're doing. I mean, you're on the zone. I see you with Yahoo, with the great podcast that you, you do. NBC with the with the Celtics covering boxing and basketball. I mean, how do you time have time for all this? Uh, First of all, it's not like you're digging ditches, right? Like you're you're right, reporting about sports, watching sports, reporting on sports. You don't sleep much. You don't have much of a social life, so you you just keep grinding, man. That's all I can say. So right now you're busy with Celtics basketball, boxing, and everything. What's your best way to keep track of everything? Obviously, it's Twitter helps, right? Twitter helps. Um, I always say as a reporter, always be on the phone. Like I'm constantly calling people, sending text messages having conversations. It's fun. Like, you know, in the morning before breakfast, I might call an NBA executive. In the afternoon, I might call a boxing promoter or a, f a fighter trainer. So just keep talking to people and keep information for as fresh as possible. Do you have an NBA phone and a boxing phone, like a bat phone? How no, does it work? No, no bat phone. It's all kind of the same, but it is Burner always... phone? It is all... No. <laughs> I, 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 need, you know, I don't think I ever need one of them. But it is always interesting to... You know, you might get a phone call from, you know, someone in, in Boston's front office about something, and then half an hour later it's Lou DiBella ranting about something else. Whoa, 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 what's going on with So it's kind of like you, you sort of change your, your – you flip a switch in your mind to go into boxing mode and take out your notes from something like that. It's so funny because those are two different worlds. I mean, NBA is, like, unified. It's one league. It's a behemoth right now. I mean, we can talk NBA right now if I really wanted to. I mean, this first week has been unbelievable. And you have the Wild West of boxing – and if the casual boxing fan, they don't know who's with what promoter, what's going on with the networks. There's so much to report about. So I feel like those are like two different worlds for you, yin and yang. Yeah, completely different. And then, you know, one of the most popular questions is what title is this for? I mean, well, any, any title. you know, we're here at the Garden hours earlier. We were talking about maybe the WBA regular heavyweight title right, right, uh, right. being on the, on the line with Jarrell Miller. I don't know. It is, it is a little chaotic. But I've found that, you know, boxing – has some of, has probably the most passionate fans, combat sports in general, the most passionate fans of any sport because it may be smaller than basketball. It is considerably smaller than basketball, but I, you can't compare their drive and their desire to watch and comment on it to, to anything. What basketball player is the biggest boxing fan? There's actually a major crossover between the NBA and, and, basket, and, uh, and boxing. If I had to pick one, I mean, the Celtics I covered back in the day with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen – uh, those guys loved boxing. Coaches loved boxing. I remember being at a, uh, I think it was during the lockout in 2011, I want to say. Um, Eric Spolster showed up at the uh, the Pacquiao fight. And, you know, we, I like to joke with Eric about he's the third most popular Filipino okay, yeah. behind Pacquiao, the new lead singer at Journey. But, like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You, go, uh, you go out there with him, and he's swarmed by... Filipino fans wow. that are all over. So there's a major crossover with the NBA and boxing. I know that Dame Lillard's a big fan. You, oh, Dame he tweets like hardcore stuff. Yeah. Not like your average, like, you know, when's Mayweather fighting. He gets in the trenches, though, too. Well, I mean, a great way to see the, the crossover is to, you know, like Canelo versus Golovkin. You right. saw a lot of guys, not just at the events, right. but tweeting about it. Carl Anthony Towns tweeting about it. Just a whole bunch of guys tweeting about it. So you got a lot of guys watching different stuff. And it was funny because at... Mayweather-McGregor was the only time a really big fight wasn't during the basketball season. Whether it was preseason, usually Mayweather would fight in September, so they couldn't go to the games. 
I was in a ringside for that, and right behind me is James Harden. You know, LeBron is there. That was the time where it was like, oh, we don't have any obligations. Let's go see, see some boxing. So that kind of showed you the crossover. I think I also think that Floyd connected a lot of the basketball audience too, because ringside. Floyd. I mean, yeah, I mean, Floyd lives a life that I think a lot of these guys want, like admire. I don't say want to be living, but admire in a way because. He just does what he wants. He has no teammates to protect. He can say whatever he wants, and he is the best businessman in the history of sports. Oh, like not far. not just basketball, not just boxing, not football. Best business. I mean, look, we're celebrating now Canelo's 11 fight, 365 million dollar deal with the Zone. Mayweather made like 200 million in a fight against Pacquiao. I mean, right. he is the best businessman in sports I've ever seen. And Mayweather will let you know about that too, as he did on, on, on Twitter. But uh, let's talk a little bit about HBO. We're here. Obviously, it's the third to last HBO fight ever. Uh, you're talking to everyone. How blindsided? Well not, I wouldn't say blindsided is not the right word to use, but your reaction now to HBO getting out of the game now that the dust has settled a little bit. I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot. Yeah, I mean, not surprised because you could see it trending in this direction. Certainly disappointed because HBO has been the gold standard for boxing broadcasting forever. Now, they, the gap has certainly been closed. Showtime does an amazing job. ESPN's got great broadcasters. The Zone getting started has a terrific team. But HBO was always the gold standard. But look, the reality is you have to have deep pockets to be in boxing nowadays. You have to be willing to commit 60 to $75 million plus just to get in the game with ESPN and DAZN doing everything right now. So I don't blame them for wanting to get out of it because, look, their internal research said that subscribers weren't subscribing because of boxing. They may like it, but not subscribing because of it. They're subscribing for, you know, Bill Maher or you know, uh, John Oliver or Game of Thrones. Like, that's what they're subscribing for. So I get it. If you don't want to be, you know, 75 to $100 million in, might as well get out. Right, and how – I heard a theory, and I wanted to get your take on it because I don't see the connection just quite yet. But Aramis has kind of echoed it too, that Showtime will eventually get out of boxing because Showtime's competition is Netflix. Netflix doesn't care about sports, so they're going to have to put all their, all their eggs into entertainment, not so much sports, talking about Showtime. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think they're getting out of boxing anytime soon. I think one way that they're going to try to stay in the game and, and match the pocketbooks of ESPN and DAZN is to do more pay-per-views. And we're already seeing in the next few months, you've got the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder pay-per-view. I assume if Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence gets made, that's a pay-per-view. So they don't have to invest money in that. They can save that money for down the line. We know in the fall, they like to get out of, of boxes. They don't like to... They don't like to compete on Saturdays with college football, and I, I get that. So I think they could have strong, strong springs, good summers, then taper off and, and still be in the mix in boxing. Let's talk the zone now. You're in the zone. I mean, you're front and center. First off, from a production standpoint, because I'm fascinated by that, and there are a lot of people are too, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but I feel like you guys really make it work. What's the the work experience been like so far on these zone cards? Oh, I I love all the people that work there. I'm not just saying that because I work with them, but I love like the energy they have for boxing, uh, the passion. I mean, I've known Brian Kenny for a number of years. You know, we like when we were flying to London for the Anthony Joshua fight. Half the plane ride over, we're arguing about something. Half the plane ride back, we were still awake. We're arguing about something. You know, every time Ray Leonard is a soft-spoken guy in general, but every time Ray Leonard opens his mouth. Like, you're just sitting there like, all right, just just keep talking. Like, whatever you say, like, he remembers these all these old fights he does. So I love it. It's obviously a work in progress. We're trying different things uh, right now with, with how the, the setups go. But everything so far has been really, really good with them. Yeah, I feel like you're, you've really been bringing your A game, too, on camera. I mean, you're bringing your A game right now in this interview. I appreciate that. But uh, talking about the zone, obviously, you get to talk about Canelo. 
and a big announcement last week. We were on site at the presser for the 11 fight, $365 million deal. Uh, your thoughts on that, and what is, it, what is it like now to have Canelo pretty much on board with the zone? Look, the zone subscription-based service, clearly, right? They want to get people subscribed at 10 bucks a month, $120 a year. Now you have Canelo and Anthony Joshua fighting on the zone. Like, may call me a homer or whatever you want this, but, like, that's worth $120 because you're, you're going to have to pay, you know, $80 for Canelo fights twice a year if he's on a different network. Anthony Joshua's on premium service, so if you like just these two guys, you can see that. Now, what I'm, I'm most interested in, I think he will do this, will Canelo continue to dare to be great because he's always been a guy that accepts the biggest challenges. When you have that kind of guaranteed money, will that take away that desire? I doubt it because he wants to be one of the all-time greats, certainly one of the all-time Mexican greats, but that bears watching as we get into 2019 and beyond. And I've always said that Canelo's career kind of mirrors Oscar's. Whether Oscar always fought the best. Did he win? Always? No. But he always fought the best, and you're kind of seeing that with, with, with Canelo. But quickly before I let you go, Kind of map out Canelo's opponents over the next, over let's say the first half of this deal. Well, I mean, look, the, the middleweight division is the zones deep into it. Like, you know, if Danny Jacobs, I don't know if you can cut this out, but Danny Jacobs, you know, Danny Jacobs. say Danny Jacobs wins. Danny Jacobs is there. You have, uh, obviously, Demetrius Andrade, who I think is a, one of the most talented fighters in all of boxing, any weight class. Uh, he gets in, and now he's in the mix. So most of 2019 might be accounted for with those fights. And Golovkin's lurking out there. We all know there might be some Golovkin fatigue at this moment, but we all know there's going to be a third fight between them. And barring something shocking, that fight will be under zone. So I think for the next two years at least, Canelo at 160 is going to have his plate full. Then we'll see. He's fighting at 168 in this next fight. Does he want to move up to bigger challenges there? I think it's going to be a productive couple of years for him. Man, it is an interesting time in the world of boxing. Chris Maddox has it covered. Are you proud or that I did not bring up your ball boy background? I'm I'm proud of the old ball boy background. I I spent 10 good years. I don't even call them good years. The Celtics sucked back then. But I spent 10 years working uh, as a ball boy for that team. So I'm all. I'm glad to be on the other side of it. But I'm all for those best like we, best college job ever oh by God. far. I took $100 cash every night out of there. You know what you can do with $100 cash at a Boston bar? Oh, you, you know, in a weekend. Damage. Oh, Big time. Dollar damage. drafts. Come yeah. on. Oh, here we go. go. Chris Maddox. We're bringing back to ringside now. Take care. A special thanks to Chris Mannix for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Love catching up with him. He always uh, brings it. Now we have to close out the show with an abbreviated, in case you missed it, there's so much going on in the world of boxing, I constantly have to cut down the items on in case you missed it, but I got the best ones for you. Starting off with Manny Pacquiao. Uh, he's officially signed with PBC. It's, uh, they put the bells and what's the uh, final X's and O's on the contract. Manny put out a, a funny tweet of him overlooking all the, uh, the welterweights on, in the PBC stable. It looks like Adrian Broner is going to get the first crack at Manny Pacquiao. That's going to be January 19th on Showtime pay-per-view, which kicks off a, a string of pay-per-views on Showtime. It's an interesting time now in the, in the world of boxing and the business side of things. Three straight pay-per-views for Showtime. When you count the Wilder Fury fight, this Pacquiao Broner and Errol Spence Mikey Garcia, which looks like... That fight was kind of put on uh, on hold, but it looks like it's coming back. Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia, primed for early uh, 2019. That look one looks like it's going to be on pay-per-view. I mean, a lot of pay-per-views. It's the only way you can pay these guys. It's the only way you're going to be able to put on these fights. I mean, they aren't the, the, the top matchups that are usually going to be on pay-per-view, but I think that the, if you look at the numbers, and Espinosa tweeted a lot over the last couple of days at some of the haters that have come out and said, you know, why are you guys doing pay-per-views? You know, why this, why that? You know, if they do a certain number, say that there's 200 buys, there's 300,000 buys, 300, buys, 
it still equals like seven or eight million dollars that the fighters can split up and they can get their purses they can get their guarantees so yeah it, it stinks for the fight fans but you know it's like two hundred dollars that you're gonna have to put down to watch uh three pay-per-views maybe they'll, they'll do a deal maybe three fights for 150 everyone comes out on top here moving forward here dana white says that he is going forward with his boxing plans for Zufa Boxing. He kind of uh, laid low for a while once he realized that the boxing world is not as easy as the MMA world when it comes to controlling fighters and signing fighters. But there are two huge free agents still on the market. One of them is Mikey Garcia. Yes, he is aligned with PBC on a fight-to-fight basis. He does not have a promoter. And, of course, Gennady Golovkin's out there floating around. There's a rumor out there, uh, put out there from, from Tom Loeffler that there are some non-boxing entities that are interested in Golovkin. There are a lot of rumors swirling around that Epics is going to get back into boxing. Will Epics sign Golovkin? Will Dana White swoop in and give Golovkin a ton of money? Will he give a ton of money to, to Mikey Garcia? And I'll never count out Dana White uh, when it comes to uh, the world of boxing. And finally, Ryan Garcia hires the Reynosos, Team Canelo, to be his new trainers. I love this move. I'm a big fan of Ryan Garcia. You can say what you want about his Instagram videos and his out-of-the-ring persona. But his last fight, he knew it wasn't a great performance. He knew there's a lot to work on. So what did he do? He got an serious. He changed trainers, and he hires uh, the Reynoso. So look for big things from, from Ryan Garcia, who will be fighting on the December 15th card uh, with Canelo. That is a wrap here for Inside Boxing Live. Thank you to Chris Mannix. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another hard-hitting edition.